0: Welcome to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast for nonprofit leaders, mission-driven creatives, and social entrepreneurs. Get ready to stop dreaming and start doing. Here, ideas become action. We prioritize purpose and profit. You ready? Let's go. I want to start by saying thank you. Thank you, thank you for your support, your reviews, subscribing, sharing, doing all of the things I I'm so grateful for it so thank you thank you please continue to do it our giveaway isn't over yet you can enter to win we're gonna have five lucky winners i'm giving away gift cards to my favorite spots my favorite programs there's over three thousand dollars worth of, of of prizes so go to splendidatl.com forward slash giveaway for the details or simply just take a screenshot of your review and over on At Splendid Consulting on Instagram, send me a message and show me your screenshot of the review, and that's it. You're entered. If you're like, Christina, I'm not on Instagram, all good. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me a screenshot of your review, and you'll be in. So, with that, I want to share with you this homework assignment that I gave my cohort inside my program, Easy Emails for Impact. So, I gave them this homework assignment. They have a couple of templates to fill out and a, or a couple of worksheets to fill out and a couple of other things. But what I told them after our first session was this I said, I want you to watch at least 15 minutes of stand up comedy between now and next week. Go watch some stand up comedy. And I want you to just take a pause and say to yourself, why would I be saying that? Like, why stand up comedy? because we're gonna talk all about it today. We're gonna talk about the magic of it and how it can help you write better stories. That's why, because this program that I'm teaching is really all about storytelling. It's about storytelling in a way that sparks and ignites action, okay? So not just reading for leisure, but how do you write compelling, captivating messaging that actually has your audience, has your subscriber base going, hell yes, and hitting, whatever button or link you want them to, to hit, right? So I told them, go watch some stand-up and report back to me next week. Here's what I love about stand-up comedy. And I will say I've been going through a little bit of a like, stand-up phase lately where I've just been really digging it. Um, and it's just been more fun to watch than some sort of heavy, dramatic, I don't know, story. We've been watching Severance, it's really heavy. I don't know. So it's like, I just I just want to keep it light sometimes. And stand-up comedy is perfect for that. So I've been watching a lot lately. And one of the things that most comedians that I like do really, really well, or all comedians that I like, if I like them, I'm watching it. I'm watching an hour of one of their shows they're doing a couple things really, really well. One, they're just storytelling. Like on a foundational level, all they're doing is telling really amazing stories, right? Yes, they're making us laugh. But if you think about it, what they do, step one is the hook. If you've ever taken any sort of storytelling class or storytelling book you've read or whatever, you've probably heard this piece about the hook. The hook is really the thing that stops your scroll the hook is the thing that has you going and all of a sudden you're super engaged and you want to hear the rest of it so if somebody said to you oh my god did you hear the news and then they walked out of the room you would be like but uh hang on what's the news or if somebody said to you hey you saw that post on facebook right you're like what post on facebook i didn't see the post what happened right? Those are some examples of some hooks. It doesn't always have to be in a question or, or super cryptic like that, but that's a hook, right? You're interested. Comedians also have a really great skill set of a story arc. So if you think about way back when, at least for me, when I was learning how to write the five paragraph essay in high school, it was like you had your intro paragraph and then you had your body paragraphs and then you had closers, right? Well, a more modern and less boring version of that is just a story arc. And I literally picture like a, like a little rolling hill, right? Or a little mountain, which is, you know, a little hook that, that draws us in. And then the arc of the story of like, what is the thing that happened? What is the transformation? What is the before and after? What is the journey, right? Of that piece and then kind of wrapping it up, right? So there might be something in the middle, that peak that's like, whoa right so they've got a story arc okay the other piece that comedians do incredibly well is they're very approachable they're willing to be the every man every woman every human they're willing to talk about things and talk about talk about things that we normally are like oh i don't want to talk talk about that right They're gonna make poop jokes. They're gonna talk about being a bad parent. They're gonna talk about how their parents were bad parents, right? They're sort of, they go there. And that is the part that makes them really, really approachable because then it normalizes it. It's like the thing we all, many of us experience. They just go there and they find the humor and humanity in. it's approachable. The next piece that I love about comedians is what I call masterful editing. Have you ever been at a conference mixer or a happy hour, or even a friend's birthday party, and been like held hostage by somebody who won't take the hint or isn't reading the cues, or is just going on and on and on about a story, and you feel like you know this could have ended a good ten minutes ago? You're maybe your shoulders are are, are going in a backward motion you're visibly stepping backward and you're looking for your, Oh, well, it's so nice to meet you. Right? They're not, they're not picking up the cues. And that story they told had no masterful editing in it. Right? It just was 10 times as long as it needed I'm picturing the audience kind of looking at their phones or checking to see what time it is. Right? It's like you're, you're leaning back instead of in because you forgot the editing process. So a lot of comedians are masterful at editing, meaning I bet they, listen, I'm not a comedian. I don't know, I'm guessing. I bet they have a long bit and it's pages long, and I bet they test and tweak and refine and edit to get it down to where it's at before they actually hit the stage, right? Where they realize, and this has happened to me in my own writing, where I'm like, well, you know, these four sentences, I thought were necessary to the story, but do they really add anything or do they just make it longer for longer sake, right? And being willing to have that on the cutting room floor. It's like, keep in the juiciest parts, leave out what's not great. Masterful editing. The next piece is conversational. And this really is the approachable piece, but a little bit deeper. So they're conversational. If you've ever seen a stand up comic and they're like, you know, who here's on a date? Like they're literally having a conversation with the crowd, right? So there's that piece, but I also like the conversational piece of, if you and me were to go have coffee and you and me are going to sit a ha- sit and have a coffee and you're telling me about that crazy thing your coworker said, or um, that brand new restaurant that had a line out the door that you thought was ridiculous, whatever the story was, right? How would you tell that story? What would that sound like? versus if you were to write it in the boring five-paragraph essay that I did in high school, right? It's such a different, it's such a different ex- experience, right, for you as the writer and for the receiver, the reader, right? So how do you do that? How do you do that well? How can you be easeful and approachable and conversational in your style of writing, okay? So we're going to lean on the comedians. We're going to lean on what they're doing, Okay. So one of the things they do really well is activate the senses. If you've noticed with any good bit, they start to literally paint the picture. What was on the wall? Was it a was it an IKEA poster from 10 years ago that was crooked? Was your shirt itching on, on your wrist that day? Was your necklace oh, it's always twisted and going the wrong way? Did you have just one earbud in because, like me, you keep leaving your other earbud? somewhere around the house and you can never find it until one of your kids comes running in the room and says, mom, I found your AirPod, right? All of those examples are activating the senses, right? Smell, taste, touch, see, and one I left out, (laughs) okay? Those really help to draw and hook the reader in, but also keep them there, okay? So that is really, really important as you start building out your storytelling. Now, I'm talking to my group about storytelling for email, but this is true in a lot of different ways. This could work for a donor meeting. This could work for a prospect email you sent out. This could be great for any solicitation, for any direct mail pieces. I sent an email out a few months ago and I called it, don't forget to check your pockets. I think that's what I called it. Always check the pockets. That's what I called it. Always check your pockets. And I had a ton of response about it. And in it, I told the story about how we went on a very impromptu trip to Asheville. And we came back from that trip and I made a big mistake. Big mistake. And I walked through my readers to through what happened next, which is I came home as one does, And I just threw everything in the washer. I just threw it all. Because I was like, we got to get washed everything. We got to get ready for the week. And I did like the thing (laughs) that I knew I shouldn't have done, maybe in hindsight, which is I threw my kids' clothes with my clothes, a blanket, some stuffed animals, my favorite perfectly broken in gray t-shirt. You know the kind where it's like perfect, fits just perfectly. It's so soft because it's been washed a thousand times. That was in there. And then I washed it, I dried it, and then I, I mean, this thing was a mountain of laundry. I took it out of the dryer a few hours later and everything was red and blue flecked. There was melted crayon everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. Like to this day, like we've even washed diapers on accident and that was bad, but this was like, this was a new level of bad. And it was in a total of shit moment, not only because the entire... Um, drum of the, the dryer was like it was like a crayon explosion and then also it was all over the clothes because this is why you're like crayons so we had just gone gone back from being out of town and one of the things that we did when we were out of town was eat out a lot and with young kids that can be really challenging and so I was like well, I'm just gonna pack all the crayons And coloring books and drawing pads and stickers so that they stay occupied. So that was, that was like my why of like what led to this. And I go on to tell my subscribers, my readers that the tip off I ignored was that for months, like a year, I had been pulling rocks and pebbles out of our dryer. Like actual, like I would go to scoop the clothes out of our dryer and into the laundry box. (laughs) I would find from tiny, tiny pebbles to like, I don't know, two inch rocks, like stones. And so what happens is, I don't know if your kids are this way, but both my kids just have an affinity for picking up rocks and putting them in their pockets. Like both of them have this. And they would put them in their pockets, take their clothes off at the end of the day, throw them in in the basket, and then I would wash and dry the rocks, right? And so I'd often hear this like cling clanging in the dryer, and then I would stop the dryer and like retrieve the rocks right out of their pockets. But that was my tip off. I just kept doing that. So I just kept like, instead of what is, what is what do they say um, in the medical field? Instead of like treating the problem, I was treating the solution, right? Of like, I was just treating the pain, right? Of taking the rocks once they were in the dryer. Instead of checking the pockets, right? Okay, so back to coulda, woulda, shoulda. I have an entire heaping laundry covered in melted crayon. I think the worst part though was the dryer because the dryer drum was just covered in wax. You know, it was not even like it was. It was really wipeable, um, and so I go on to tell the story of like what happened next, and cleaning the bejesus out of the dryer, which it did happily come off. And what I did in that moment, I think, was a couple of different things that helped into helped me lean into this concept of how a comedian storytells, right? Is really being approachable, really being like, you know what? Not only did I fuck up and throw stuff in the dryer without checking the pockets, I did it a bunch. And then I put all of our stuff together and it just totally came back to bite me in the, in the butt, right? Of just like owning it and finding the humor in it and also letting my audience in on a bit about my life, letting my audience in a bit more about parts of my business they don't normally see. So that was another piece that I think worked really well and also works incredibly well for comedians. Inevitably, with this style of what I'm telling you, you may be thinking, then I'm going to send my email, I'm gonna send my, my audience an email about like doing laundry or some other crazy thing that happened. What in the world does that have to do with anything, right? What does that have to do with why they're on my database in my world, in my community in the first place? They probably don't even wanna hear this. That's usually some of the resistance I might hear or maybe even have experienced myself in years past, okay? So the truth is, you need what's called a transition. You just need a transition. I think of it like handing a baton in a relay race. So like to get out of the gate in the in the email relay race, I need a juicy story. I need a hook. I need something interesting. Okay. That, you start running. You've got the cool, the interesting, unique, fun story happening, right? Or serious story, whatever it is. The human, the human interest piece. And then you're going to hand the baton off through a transition piece to go to the next part of this email. So that might be a call to action. That might be an update. It could be something that's happening in one of your programs. It could be something you're fundraising for. It really, like, all of the different possibilities of where you want to go. So you could do a transition in a number of different ways. I'll go back to this email that I wrote and share with you my transition. So I went on to talk about the cleanup process in the Great Crayon Incident. And I said, the lesson here is pretty obvious. A little upfront work is worth it. It's the truest time saver. Look for hints from the universe. Where is it nudging you to take action? Where are those rocks clanging around that were so much more than a nudge? And then I go on to talk about a program that I had. Basically saying, these are all little beacons in our life saying, little rocks clinging in our life saying, take action, take action, Christina, change what you're doing, right? And so for me, the rocks were those beacons, right? And for you, they could be something else. And so I went on to talk about how my audience could take daring, intentional, profitable action in one of my programs. So that was my transition. You can do a transition in a number of different ways. That's just one. So maybe you're like, all right, I'm listening. This is seeming possible or interesting or like something I want to try out, but I'm not funny. I'm not a comedian. I'm not, I don't know, telling these cheeky stories to our world. And the best news I have for you is you don't actually have to tell a joke at all. Like this doesn't even have to. Everything we've been talking about today to learn and get inspired through stand-up comedy you don't actually have to create your own bit. You do not need to go do some improv or some stand-up or anything like that. There is, doesn't have to be a punchline, okay? All we're extracting from them, I want you to go watch some comedy this week. Go watch some stand-up. Go on Netflix. Go see what is appealing to you. See what you like because that's the other thing is like there might be a comedian that I love that you don't like. I, wanna, I want you to figure out whose style do you like? Whose hook do you like? How did they approach the story arc? How did they make the transition? And by the way, they are making transitions too. Instead of their transition being, you know, crazy story about toddler moment to call to action. No. Their sto- their transition is crazy story about toddler moment, right? Transition totally different story, new bit. And they also have to pass the baton, right? They have to make those transitions because they're still, in, in their body of work, in an hour-long stand-up piece, they're still telling multiple stories. I would I don't know, a dozen, six at least, right, within there. So they're having transition moments throughout. Listen, laugh, enjoy it, but also give yourself, like, ask yourself, ooh, what did they do there? Ooh, that was cool. You know, I read a lot of David Sedaris's books, and I read them because I love them. They make me laugh. I think he's... I, I adore him. I think he's such an amazing storyteller. And there's so much there. I'm like, how can one person hook me in so quickly in five words? And he does such an amazing job of that. So if, if you want to dig deeper on this, I would highly recommend. He has published his journals or many of his journal entries. And they're these short little anecdotes from the day. Three sentences, five sentences, one sentence, one sentence. And there are little moments and glimpses into time. And oh my God, is he activating the senses and painting the picture? And it's hilarious. And I'm like, how do you tell a joke in five words and also get me in the room? I'm in the room. I'm with you. I'm having the espresso out of a cracked mug. Like, how did you do that? And it's so interesting to both enjoy it and just take it in and also to go, what, what can, what like tiny little bit can I get from this that I could apply to writing, that I could apply to starting a conversation with somebody. That's what I've got for you. Here's what I here's what I would love to know. If you go and watch some stand-up, come find me on Instagram and tell me what you watched. Tell me if it helped. Tell me what you thought was funny. Or if you're like, ooh, Christina needs to watch this person, tell me. I need to know because we've run through a lot of stand-up lately and I'm ready for a new one. All right, y'all. See you next time. If you believe in the rule of reciprocity, just like I do, take a quick moment to rate and review this podcast. I would be so grateful. Tag me in a post on social media and let me know what you think over at Splendid Consulting. It helps this podcast show up in the feed of other change makers and social entrepreneurs just like you. Think you've reached out to everyone in your network? Are you out of ideas to get noticed and get funded? I hear you. That's why I'm giving you a chance to steal my prospect list. Yes, you can generate leads for your nonprofit or impact-driven business. Grab my mini training and list delivered to your inbox instantly. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash prospect.